Welcome to the Show Me The Money podcast, Unlocking Property Finance. Join us on an exciting journey into the world of property finance, where we uncover secrets, strategies, and opportunities that can turn your property dreams into a lucrative reality. Welcome to Show Me The Money, Unlocking Property Finance. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Show Me The Money, Unlocking Property Finance uh, with your hosts, myself, Ro Sharma, and Mark Champ. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And Mark, great to be uh, doing another recording. Let's go straight into it. So we thought today would be a good opportunity to talk a little bit about um, changes in the market and what we're seeing in the lending space. So Mark, I guess this is a great one for you. This is your bread and butter. So Let's uh, kick off the conversation. How are things going? So uh, over the summer, it was very slow. It was very slow. And it's always slow over the summer because people go on holiday and all that sort of stuff. Um, But I really felt that the economy was playing its part in that slowdown. So all the stuff that's been happening over the last few years was finally catching up with everybody. Uh, And I believe that was... um, the the market just saying you know we need to have a little bit of a correction here and we need to um slow everything up and i, I really did see it slow down it was uh, it was quite concerning um but this week and last week uh we're seeing an increase in activity and that's not only an increase from the customers coming with new transactions but also the activity of the lenders. So we're seeing lenders moving their rates down slightly. Um, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, obviously base rate's gone up, but well, not gone up, it's probably going to go up. Uh, But we're seeing the lenders in the specialist space come down slightly. So people like Lambay, Paragon, um, so the the buy-to-let lenders in that space are correcting it slightly they're coming back down uh, a little bit of a, a price war you know Oldermore are very similar in price to Lambay um, and the um, the I suppose the landscape looks a little bit more positive. Very interesting I mean I guess for the con- for context for the benefit of our listeners as well we're recording today on the 18th of September 2023 so I guess changes you've seen have been probably you know, in the last couple of weeks, which is basically since beginning of September. I mean, traditionally, August or end of July, August is is normally a very quiet period in the property market anyway, relatively speaking. So how would you say that that sort of um, that uptake in activity compares to the relative uptake you see, you know, between August, September and in the historical years? Well, it's, it's a good question, because if you think this time last year was when Liz Truss was doing what she was doing, so the lettuce, yeah, it's, yeah. I think you have to sort of eradicate what happened last year, uh, because for most people, we just fell off a cliff as soon as she did what she did. Uh, it, it went completely wrong. But we uh, this time last year again, we actually picked up quite a lot, um, and the the activity increased, which was different to most people. And I think. I think that was a, a mixture of our marketing and, and things along those lines. But if you look at previous years, um, I, I just don't think it's been as slow over the summer. So the, the increase hasn't been as noticeable. Um, 
but it's probably getting back to normal levels now, I would say. So there's been a bigger increase because you're starting from a, a lower base. Very interesting. And do you think do you think people are seeing more deals out there as well then, which is obviously motivating them to go out and put their applications in for finance? What what are you seeing amongst your your clients and customers? Well, I think a lot of people are still having uh, the problem with high land values and people aren't able to necessarily get a discounted price on land or properties they want to to uh, reconfigure. So it's it's quite a, a difficult scenario. But what I am seeing is people thinking, well, the market's stabilised somewhat. So these are times when they should be doing things. They're maybe looking for opportunities. So they're they're on the hunt and have been so frustrated over a number of months and not been able to find anything. They're now saying, well, it's stabilised a bit. So maybe this is where the market's at. So we should be progressing. But we're not seeing as many um, below market value deals at the moment, even though I think insolvencies I read today have gone up um, to a, a record level, um, and I, I think that that will continue as the stress tests really do hit in, uh, and the remortgages are harder to to come by. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of commentary from a lot of other people in this space, um, and the gut feeling tends to be that actually, you know, just looking at all of the leading indicators in the economy, the, the sort of macroeconomic uh, indicators in terms of employment or unemployment, wage growth, inflation, energy costs, um, swap rates as well, I guess. We've seen a, a slight, um, well, quite significant movement downwards in the last sort of week as well, um, which obviously has an impact on mortgage rates. Um, and, and um, yeah, it's quite interesting because I think, you know, but the general feeling is that we're still going to see a lot more pain and activity or opportunities um, for, for people to sort of get in the market and then do deals over the next six or 12 months. However, there's still that quite a, a big gap in terms of the cost of cost of finance to make those deals work. And I think, as you said as well, we're not really seeing uh, true sort of vendor acceptance of, of some of these corrections. So it's probably going to be more of those distress situations, which are obviously going to present the opportunities um, so it's interesting to hear that you're saying you're not seeing a huge amount of movement in terms of um, prices. But let's talk a little bit more about the, the types of deals that you're seeing from lenders. Are you seeing um, changes in the types of products being offered? So, you know, in terms of single buy to lets versus HMO, serviced accommodation um, on, on, the, um, on the term lending side? So... With regards to buy, just vanilla buy to let, we don't, we're not seeing a lot of that. There's hardly any of that comes across our desk. It, there may be a refinance of a portfolio, but nobody we see really buys single asset buy to let. Um, yep. It doesn't happen. Um, we are, I, I, I think, uh, probably again a year ago, we were seeing a lot of people buying terrace houses uh, and turning them into HMOs. Um, we've seen less of that as well. Um, and I think that's just because people don't, they can't get the deposit together and they're worried about the exit, about getting their money out. So the yep. investor finance that they're taking on, uh, they can't guarantee to get that investor their money back. So it makes it yep. more difficult. Um, serviced accommodation, I, I would say it's, 
I think it's a bit of a, a fad serviced accommodation. Um, we we saw a lot of people again probably about a year ago going into the serviced accommodation, and I think it's it's not done quite as well as people expect. You know, you can get these high night rates for serviced accommodation, but then when you get the voids and you've had a whole year of trading, it's um, it, it sort of evens itself out. So it's not more much more profitable than buy to lets. And, you know, I, I stand corrected uh, if, if people tell me otherwise, but we, we don't see a lot of people coming in with serviced accommodation requests because, the again, the the, um, the lending rates, uh, the interest rates for lending is, is more expensive if you're doing serviced accommodation. Yeah. So that erodes some of the profit. You've got the management costs. You've got other things. And for me, I reckon the net co- the net profit you would get isn't going to be massively more, but it will be more labour intensive. So yeah, yeah. I think I think the what people are looking for are the opportunities, but they're not necessarily um, coming as quickly as people want. So they're having to maybe settle for less profitable schemes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I think that point you made as well about the operational costs in particular, um, you know, from, from when you're running things which have a high turnover, such as um, service combination, holiday lets, etc. Yeah, you've got to have some really slick operational processes to, to make that worth your while. It's not something I've got an exposure to, but <clears throat> anecdotally, it's quite interesting to hear what what people have um, experienced, and I think you've highlighted some of that quite well there. Well, I um, just on that, thinking about it, if I look at my customer base, none of my highly experienced customers do service accommodation. So I don't know if that's because they're just stuck in their ways or because they're they know something that puts them off doing it. So yeah, none of them. I can't think of one that does service accommodation. Uh, people who are new to the industry, yeah, we you know we get inquiries, but you know my my people who've got big portfolios, they're never saying, oh, do you know what I want to buy this because I want to do it service accommodation. Never happens. So maybe yeah. that's the story. Indeed, we'll talk about um, bridging and development finance in a minute as well. But just I want to just pick uh, your brain a little bit more on what you're seeing with the lenders. What are you seeing? So we're seeing uh, a slight reduction, I guess, in lending rates or sort of the, the product rates themselves what about the product fees um and um how are the sort of two versus five years comparing which will marry the the swap rates to an extent as well um yeah. but yeah what are you seeing there so yeah obviously there's there's the option that you could have a, a higher interest rate and a lower fee so i don't know something like 6.49 with a two percent fee or five point something with a five percent fee and it usually is more advantageous to take the higher interest rate and the the lower fee it usually works out more cost effective over the long term we have got one lender who actually will do a term product where you can borrow with a two percent fee and have early repayment charges or borrow with a three percent fee and have no early repayment charges so it's quite a handy tool um, that's uh, available there. But there's something I did notice uh, last week was a new loan coming out with a 9.99% fee. And 
that you think is a ten percent fee, almost on a, uh, a that, that, that is high. That is high. Lower interest rate, but you're paying ten percent. Mark, oh, sorry to jump in. Can you go to your audios? It's gone a bit funny for a second there. Okay. Is that any better for you? Perfect. Perfect. So t- tell us more about this ten percent, this almost ten percent product fee. Yeah, ten percent product fee. Um, low interest rate, or relatively low interest rate. But yeah, you've got to pay a ten percent fee up front, um, which seems crazy. If you if you think about where we were 18 months ago and somebody said, right, you're going to be paying. I, I can't even, I can't remember the rate. I only saw a headline of it. Um, a rate with a 10% fee for a buy to let, you would be shocked. Um, and I'm, I'm even shocked now. When, whenever I see a, a, a rate card of a buy to let lender and it's got 7%, it's, I don't know. I don't think any of my customers have gone for the 7% option for the fee. Yeah. 10% fee, that just seems massively over the top, but we shall see. It's quite dangerous as well. Yeah, as we, we spoke about in a previous episode, you just add it to the loan. And then like when it comes to refi or rate switch, you know, you're going to be at a very high loan to value because of that additional fee that you sort of suck on. And if there's not been much capital growth, then, yeah, that that sounds that sounds dodgy. Yeah, and I haven't read the small print on this, so I don't know with the ten percent whether you can add to the loan or not. Um, yeah, but if if it is the case that you can, yeah, that would be a bit over the top in my my opinion. So, um, what about loan to values? Um, you know, there was a period when we were seeing a lot of sort of seventy five, eight, and even eighty percent loan to values from a lot of lenders. Um, where are you seeing um, LTVs at the moment? And anything so most, near what it used to be? Yeah, most lenders are still at 75%, and there's a couple at 80%. Um, hasn't really changed so much. Uh, I think there's one of the places that we've seen things pull back on is the commercial space. So commercial properties, it's hard to get a loan on. We we had one. It was only a really small owner-occupied um, deal, and we went to, well, we had a look around the market and then you've got the likes of Alucard, Interbay, Shawbrook, who do commercial, for instance. But they, it was all too small for them. Um, and if you've got a, a, a small lending uh, request, there's only the high street who really will do it. And to be honest, with the high street, the three, I went to three of the high street lenders, not one of them replied to me. So I don't know if it's just me, but <laughs> it could be the customer service isn't the, the best there. And I'll get a you know a response in a, a week or so. Who knows? But there's nobody who really likes the small commercial uh, investment properties. And mm. the only one we really found, there was Autus who do a 36-month term, but they're they're on bridging rates. Um, yeah. So there's not not a lot of options out there really for smaller commercial investors at the moment, um, yeah. which, which I think is yeah it's a difficult for some people. Um, and also, Shawbrook have even stopped lending on retail; they won't do any. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is interesting. And 
are they um, are they reducing their sort of loan to values as well on the loan on the products, or is it just a smaller range of products actually available? So smaller uh, range of products, and generally 65 percent is where um, where they're at. And it used to be the case that you could push that a little bit, so you go up to sixty five seventy, yeah. but now it really has come off. And if there's a, a quirk in the transaction, loan to values are are hit um, readily. So uh, it, it's hard. It's it's hard to get the commercial deals over the line at the moment. Uh, the, even the bigger ones are tough, but the small ones are really, really difficult to place. Yeah. So, so overall, we look across um, residential and commercial borrowing on term term loans, mortgages. Where have you seen the the sort of sharpest? Um, probably early to say, but where have you seen the biggest change in activity? Um, it's strange. Increase? What's 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 yeah. hot? What's, I, I what suppose it, even though I've just said commercial is really hard to place. We probably see the most activity in the commercial space where people are trying to buy commercial and change it into residential. Um, I've noticed also there's a lot of the property training companies offering commercial conversion courses. Uh, and that, that seems very um, popular at the moment where people think they can just do it because of the potential that you won't need planning permission to to do it um and just get straight in there even though it's a lot more complex so yeah yeah, i'd say that's probably where we've seen the the highest level of inquiries uh and also refinances um just people just wanting to make sure they're on a a rate that is sustainable um for them and they don't want the rates to go up anymore so we, we are seeing people fixing now uh, that they think it's sort of getting to the top of the market because uh, I just don't want any more scares or surprises. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're seeing quite a few refinances. Um, but there is a lot a lot of activity come the last week or so. Yeah, okay. Um, so very quickly then, let's just talk a quick a bit about um, what you're seeing in the bridging and development finance space. Are you seeing any changes in lender appetite, new types of products, changes in the in the rates there as well. Obviously, we know that bridging development finance rates don't are, are not linked to the uh, base rate um, as such. However, you know the, the, the risk free rate is always a consideration. But yeah, what what are we seeing in that space? Well, we're seeing a lot of the bridging and development lenders move to a base rate linked product. So if you look at the likes of Octane, um, the the rates that they give out are always a certain amount over base, whereas yep. previously it used to be more of a fixed rate. So we are seeing more of that. Um, generally, it's around 1% a month. Um, yep. We are seeing new products come out. We've seen Avermore launch a new product today. Um, they launched another one a week or so ago. Um, and these, these products are, are designed to uh, help people with development exit um, yeah. issues and we are we're yeah we're getting a few more inquiries on that as well development exit people who just need an extra i don't know however much to complete the development um and they're looking to to get a top up or to actually move on to a different uh product so um yeah rates have stayed where they they are for a few 
months, I suppose, now. They've not jumped up too much on the development space. Um, But they are obviously a lot higher than they were. And we, I was talking to somebody at one of the high streets um, on Friday, and the high streets used to be all over development finance. They used to be, you know, we're going back to Lloyd's and talking to them about 5.5% for development finance. But now I just we just don't hear about them doing it. It's, yeah. you know, they're not, they're not coming out and saying, oh, what development finance deals have you got? It just seems... It's non-existent. So um, choice is, I suppose, more limited. Um, and I would say the the actual uh, developments themselves is harder to, to make a profit. But hopefully the, the costs of build have stabilised somewhat, um, yep. which which makes it easier for, for customers to get some profit out of it. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see, I'm 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 keeping an eye out on deals, and still um still difficult to to make them work, but they are out there. We've just got to just got to grind the um the wheel a bit a bit a bit harder to yes to try and get some output from that. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Any any other any other sort of general um, trends or observations from what you're seeing in your line of work as well? And congratulations on your recent award. I saw that. Yeah, thank you. About that. Yeah, no, that was a surprise. Um, we we were nominated for four uh, NACFB, which is the National Association of Commercial Finance Brokers uh, Awards, um, and luckily we came away with three of them. We won um, Vitalet Mortgage Broker of the Year, I'm just looking at the trophies now, Industry Ambassador um, of the Year uh, and Deal of the Year, and that, that was a nice development finance deal we did. Um, last year and yeah really happy to come away with them it's you know we put a lot of hard work in and try and look after our customers and the the industry has recognized that so i'm really really grateful and um yeah pleased to have won those brilliant no, great congratulations again uh, that's fantastic and i guess you know it's, it's the great thing about these events is always that you also get to hear about you know, what else is going on in the sector from your peers yeah. Anything else you've picked up on from some of your peers in terms of what they're seeing? Anything that perhaps you've not picked up on yourself or, or not come across or um, anything which you think would be useful to listeners? I'm trying to think if there is anything. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, uh, but maybe I will have a think and then next time we meet, we'll, um, yeah, I'll see what I can pull together. Sounds good. Well, I think that's been a really, really helpful update for everyone. So uh, we'll, we'll keep up with these regular market updates as well. We'll give everyone the insights which uh, which Mark is seeing at the coalface. And uh, if you've got any questions or any topics that you want us to talk about in detail, including with our guests, then please do leave a comment or send us a, a direct mail or post. And, and obviously, everything, uh, including our contact details, will be in the show notes. Anything else? Final, final marks, uh, remarks, Mark? No, um, I suppose just uh, get in touch if you would like to talk about any investment or development deals and also trading trading finance uh, transactions. We do a lot of that as well. So, yeah, keen to hear from people and I'd love to answer questions. Actually, the trade finance might be a topic for a future date as well. We can let our listeners learn a little bit about that. Brilliant. Great. All right. Great chat. Thanks. All right. Bye. See ya. That concludes another episode of Show Me The Money podcast, Unlocking Property Finance. 
Connect with us on social media where we share additional tips, resources, and behind-the-scenes insights. Feel free to reach out to us with any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep making those smart investment moves. This has been Show Me The Money, Unlocking Property Finance.